Hi, I'm Paul Listick, and welcome to Behind the Curtain. Well, welcome, everybody, to Behind the Curtain. This is Paul Lisnick from WGN-TV, having my fun role, as always, on the podcast and getting to talk about theater. Now, that song, if, if you don't, when you hear that, if you're not on your feet and applauding and going crazy, I don't know what's wrong with you, uh, because that is one of the great numbers from Kinky Boots, uh, which you may remember from its very first pre-Broadway uh, <laughs> opening in Chicago. Perhaps you were in the audience for my uh, backstage show, where we actually sat with Billy Porter and Stark Sands and Harvey Fierstein and and um, uh, Jerry Mitchell. Uh, yeah, that show is now in its form at the Paramount Theater in Aurora. I've seen the show. Everything at Paramount is fantastic. We're going to talk to the cast, the director, in just a moment. But first, joining me, I always like to touch base with Jim Cordy, the artistic director, because, Jim, the Paramount is back. Yes, it is. And uh, we're happy to have you back. Uh, yeah, very much so. And I, I got to tell you, um, we'll talk about Kinky Boots specifically, but I want to talk about um, this is going to run through October 17th. But but as I'm in your lobby and I'm looking at the poster, I'm going, yes, lots of great shows to come. Cinderella, I think, is up next. And I saw all these young people, not too young, but <laughs> taking their picture with the Cinderella poster. So a lot of buzz about that. Yes. Well, it's uh, it's a really um beautiful version of Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Um, it's uh, drawn from the Whitney Houston and Brandy uh, television uh, version of it. And uh, we've got, of course, our own take on it, as always. And I'm very excited about it. the show's looking beautiful. It's got an amazing cast. And uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited about uh, sharing the whole uh, Cinderella story with, with uh, all the families this holiday season. I, I will say I did, I did not get the notice that I could have been auditioning for Prince Charming, so that obviously did not go out to me. Well, it's our loss, Paul. <laughs> well, I'll see the show anyway, even though I'm not in it. And then Rock of Ages, uh, a great Broadway musical, and you're bringing that in. Talk to me about well, a little bit about Rock of Ages and then a little bit of this, you know, Kinky Boots, Cinderella, Rock of Ages. Is there a theme to the season? Not really. Uh, what it, what we try to do is is serve up something for everyone. Uh, you know, doing a family show around the holidays, doing something with a little bite, maybe, and uh, and really something that people really want to see. And uh, Rock of Ages is you know that '80s headbanger uh, uh, jukebox musical, uh, but it's got a really. I like the story. Uh, when I saw it, I uh, I really got taken in by it and uh uh and i i think people are going to love it groundhog day uh you know it's it's based on the bill murray's uh, movie and uh matthew warchus did uh so danny uh, rubin did the book for the movie and he did the book for the musical as well and they collaborated on it and uh uh, uh and they did a british um world premiere of it um 
I'm very intrigued by the story of uh, Groundhog Day. I'm directing that one. Uh, ah. Amber Mack is directing Rock of Ages, and uh, Brenda Didier is directing Cinderella. Um, they've all got. Oh, she's fabulous. I think that, that meets. There's more there than that meets the eye. You, they're, they're, they've got a lot of surprises in terms of substance and uh, and uh, entertainment. And we'll be talking to the director of Kinky Boots in just a moment because directors are so important to the look of the show. But in addition to kind of this Broadway series, because Groundhog Day also was was on Broadway, but you also have these other nights, uh, Jay Leno and um, uh, Frank Caliendo, the great impersonator and comedian and Straight No Chaser, which was founded by one of my colleagues, Dan Ponce, over at WGN back in, back in his day, the day. Um, so there's these other nights. So people really need to pay a close look at the Paramount schedule, right? Because there's always something going on. Absolutely. ParamountAurora.com. And, uh, you know, it's all there. Uh, You can cruise around and and see what's going on. Uh, We've also got uh, the Bold series coming up next year, uh, opening in next spring. And uh, we're very excited about that in the new Copley Theater across the street from the theater in the North Island Center. And... uh, we're very excited about doing these plays and intimate musicals and things kind of uh, maybe people uh, are they're not so as populist. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, Pulitzer Prize winning plays in there. And uh, and I can't tell you what they are yet because uh, there's going to be a big <laughs> announcement happening very soon. Oh, sure. Way to do it after this interview. Uh, <laughs> you could be breaking the news here. You could be breaking the news here, James. I know, but I, I really can't, uh, you know, we're all right. team at Paramount and we've all, uh, we're all going to do, uh, do this together. All right. And I have to tell you for folks who like me, who live in the city, who, you know, for going to Aurora, kind of a, kind of a major deal, but we, but we go out there because it's worth it for the, for the Paramount. And I got to tell you parking, I found this parking space. It was in front of the theater and I got out and I started asking all the ushers and everybody at the theater, I'm, am I going to get towed from here? Because that's just a really good space on the street. That's not possible. <laughs> And he's like, no, you're fine. This is not Chicago. (laughs) The parking gods were smiling down on you. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing I want people to be comfortable. What was that? Go ahead. No, no, I'll I'll get to the next thing. But yeah, as far as parking. parking And there's all kinds of of, uh, parking lots around within walking distance. I'm sorry. I cut you off, Paul. No, not at all. And by the way, I go up there a little early, have dinner at Gillerson's or one of the places. There's a new restaurant, I think, that's opening up soon out there. So really making an evening of dinner followed by theater, uh, which is great. But um, look, people are you are one of the first to come back. People are starting to make their way back. But everybody had the COVID concerns and Paramount. You may have been the first to truly bite the bullet and say, we're going to do it. We're going to fill the theater as we can. But you've got safety protocols in place. and, And I went through them and I respect you for that. Let folks know what they need to know, what they need to do. Yeah, you just need to uh, have your uh, vaccination card ready with an ID that matches the card. And it takes a minute to just check that with uh, our our, um, front of house staff who are are checking that. And um, it's a breeze, really. Um, And it goes very, very quickly. I know people were anticipating, well, I'm going to have to wait them to go through all this and it's really very simple and very quick 
And, and I, I confirmed that. Um, I went. I was thought I better show up a little bit early. I, I didn't. Uh, but I, I, they checked me quickly, looked at my photo ID to make sure it was me. I really respect that they checked because I'm not going to lie to you. I've gone to a couple of other theaters where they claimed they were going to check va- check vaccination cards, and they did not. And um, so that that was a real concern to me. But you guys, you enforced it. People wearing masks, and I respect that. And that's the way to get back into. You, you felt safe in the theater, and that's what's so important. That is the bottom line. It's all an altruistic effort to, for everyone to feel protected, taken care of, be comfortable and safe, and enjoy the show and enjoy everyone there. Absolutely. ParamountAurora.com is where you can check out all these upcoming shows that we've been talking about. Jim, I'm going to turn to the current hit. One of my favorite shows, Kinky Boots, is playing there. And I think, you know what? I was going to go out playing this music, but I'm going to ask my producer to kick off with this music now. And I'm going to talk to some of your friends who are involved in this show. Here's another song from Kinky Boots. All right. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Jim. What is the most beautiful thing in the world in kinky boots? Well, the literal answer might surprise you, but the real answer goes much deeper than that. Let me introduce you now to uh, a couple of the stars of kinky boots and its director playing the role of Charlie Devin DeSantis. That was the Stark Sands role on Broadway and the first pre-Broadway premiere here in Chicago. Devin, thanks for joining me. You are a fabulous Charlie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and thank you for that. I'm glad you saw the show already. You got it. Now, I will say it in all candor. Michael Wordley, who plays Lola, was to join us, and he had a last-minute conflict that he could not get out of. And so I said, you know, um, if you if you get, don't get Lola, I at least want to talk about Lola, perhaps with the character that maybe has the most visceral reaction to him. Some Because we can talk about Lola in that way, uh, or to her, I should say. We should talk about Lola that way. And so my mind went immediately to Mark Lancaster, who plays Don. And, and Mark, I mean... I, I'm not wrong about that, right? If I want to get a perspective on Lola, your character, Don, is, is I think, one of the guys to talk to. You know, Don has very strong opinions about Lola. Uh, there's, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, that's, you know, it's, it's a really head-to-head kind of a conflict that helps draw out what is important to me about you and uh, what is important to you about me. And it, it really focuses that uh, that that time and attention and, and draws out our strengths and weaknesses and it's 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 a it's a real challenge to get to play and but a joy as well and also joining us the director of kinky boots uh trent stork and and trent i gotta tell you you know listen people direct shows all the time you've directed a lot of shows but when i read your director's note as i sat in the theater waiting for the curtain to come up i was really moved by it because this directing this show this is not like what's next on my agenda for you this show mattered to you it really does i mean uh, i think as artists we kind of pull like an amalgamation of all our different memories and we put them into the art that we make and this show in particular struck a lot of chords with me um as i mentioned when i when i played that song i said what is the most important most beautiful thing in the world and of course literally i think we're not giving anything away to say the most beautiful thing is supposed to be shoes um but again trent i'm going to go to your director's notes 
there's a lot of things that are much more beautiful in this message, in the message of this show. Absolutely. I mean, our connections to one another as human beings, uh, the ability to love, the ability to see each other for who we are, and to understand that we're all human and that we all deserve love. Um, that, to me, is the most beautiful thing in the world, and that's the message of Kinky Boots. Um, and, and I think that's right. And if you, you can change the world when you change your mind, right? A very important message we get out of it. So, so important to hear. And Devin, let me have, cause we, you know, we're talking about the show because we all kind of know it, but I've got listeners who are going, what are these guys talking about? What is, what is kinky boots all about? <laughs> so let me come to Charlie Price, the role of Charlie Price played by Devin and Devin, tell everybody what kinky boots is all about. Cause I have to tell you, there are people who don't know this show who have said to me, Oh, I don't know, kinky boot, you know, their minds go into places that they don't need to be going. This is a show that the family will enjoy. Talk about the plot. Absolutely. Yeah, that kinky is a nice trigger word for people. <laughs> Don't be scared. Uh, no, this is, uh, it, it's actually based on a true story. Uh, there was a movie that came out uh, a while back, and it's based on a true story of a shoe factory in England, uh, a struggling shoe factory, trying to figure out how they're going to move forward with the times. Um, and it's about my character, Charlie. He's kind of born into this family that owns this shoe factory and and it's sort of put on him to well to to save the factory save the the jobs of all of the people who work there and of course immediately comes across this fabulous character of lola uh, an amazing drag queen who they sort of find their passion uh with the help of each other and and the story moves on from there and they start making fabulous boots that's sort of the basic premise, I guess. I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, and because there, there's another side to Lola, there's many sides to Lola, and and it may be that that uh, Mark, your character Don, may learn more than anybody because um, Charlie, Charlie was sort of always open to Lola, maybe a little bit shocked by Lola and the very brash personality that she has. But Don is, in fact, Don doesn't even realize at first that you're dealing with somebody who's a man uh, who's dressed as a woman. But you really have to come around, and she teaches you a lot of lessons. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful thing to get to play in terms of uh, Don is the person who's got a, a rather narrow scope of what it means to be a man, of what it means to be masculine, and that it includes uh, you know being tough and macho and brash and you know the sort of old school John Wayne kind of uh, grittiness. But there are so many available definitions. You know, I I, I learned. Um, uh, I, I saw a pin for sale, a little enamel pin that I purchased uh, during the rehearsal of this process uh, that says masculinity is what you make it. And wow. that's a lesson that Don comes around to uh, through, you know, challenging Lola and getting the pushback from Lola and realize, you know, there's there's more than one way to be in this world. And uh, having to, to sort of chew the material and come around to that realization uh, is something that I can... You know, my goal as an artist is to help any audience members who might, you know, have a more limited scope of what masculinity is. If 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 a character like Don can change, so can you. And I love being able to help people open their eyes to those possibilities. And Devin, I, and again, as I mentioned in my my backstage show that I do for the Comcast Network, I sat with the original players here and Jerry Mitchell and Harvey Fierstein before the show ever opened, and and I remember opening night going up to Billy Porter before he was Billy Porter, uh, and just saying this thing has Tony written all over it. The power of this role, and Devin, for me, the number I'm not my father's son. 
not only so dramatic and emotional for the two characters to be singing, but I got to tell you, if people are like me, I lost my dad not all that long ago, you can't help but sit and listen to that song and relate to it in a personal way. It's incredibly powerful. It strikes a chord with everybody on many different levels, just as you said. And I honestly, I've said this to many people, I feel lucky enough to be able to just sit there on that stage and listen to the incredible Michael Wordley, Lola, uh, sing this song and tell me about his past and about his relationship with his father, which brings up all the things that have to do with me and my father. And yeah, like you said, though, I, I have an amazing relationship with my father, who I love very dearly. It, it still brings up stuff that you didn't quite expect. And, and I think it, everyone can relate to it. Absolutely. I keep mentioning these folks who were in the show, and I didn't mention Cindy Lauper. I should do give her her due. She was also in my backstage show, although it was sort of funny. She was doing a documentary at the time about her life, so I had a film crew filming her, and she had a film crew filming me, and uh, it was all a very kind of weird experience. Um, <laughs> Trent, let me come back to you. I'm not going to say I haven't seen this show about maybe 25 times, but I kind of know every line in it, and and so I want to ask you. One of the there were there at least. Uh, one dramatic change that caught my attention, so I'm sort of curious to know, um, you know, w- w- what led to the change, and did you were, did you have to run through any hoops uh, with Jerry or with with Harvey to do these? But of course, one common phrase in my head that I always what Lola always says in the show is, you know, but basically, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and to those who have yet to make up their mind. And that line is not in the show. I'm sort of curious, intentional, what happened with that, and what other kind of changes did you make, and was it easy to do them? Yeah, um, that language, even from the original Broadway production, it strikes a uh, kind of a negative chord in a lot of people in the trans and non-binary community. Um, and so we decided as a team and through some dramaturgical research to eliminate the line and make the language more inclusive. Because actually by the time the, the show premiered in Chicago, you know, and the time we are now, we're looking at 10 years of difference and the world has evolved yeah. and changed in a way. And so we wanted to make the language a little more inclusive. What a great answer, and, and what a great reasoning behind it. Did you need any per- – because I don't know how easy it is to – because that's, that's a change to the book then. Did you need permission, or is that something that you can use artistic uh, license to do? Um, we mostly use artistic license, to be honest. Um, it's probably something that is in the works to update from the book, but since we are the first regional premiere, we thought we would go ahead and be the first persons to kind of make our first stab at the new language. <laughs> Devin, I'm curious, I don't know if you saw um, Kinky Boots, either with the original cast or subsequent cast of people that played it, but did you, and if so, did it impact, you know, I always think it's so very tough when, when somebody steps in and kind of, you know, it's sort of these iconic roles, and, you know, what I would do is like taking over Hello Dolly for Carol Channing, although certainly people have done it well. Did, were you influenced at all by that, or did you not even see the show, and Charlie is your creation with the direction of Trent? Yeah, I I have not seen the show. Uh, I think we've all heard the soundtracks. I've heard different versions. There's also a West End version out there. And that's just to help and aid in, you know, learning the material at the get-go. But no, I haven't seen it. This is, you know, what I love about Paramount, what I love about Chicago theater in general, is that we do get to put our stamp on it. We do get to make it our own. We're not beholden to, you know, producers of, of a kind that want a specific show out there. So we get to create our own our own thing. So yes, it was a, it was a, a labor of love uh, with Trent and with everybody in the room and, and the other actors as well. As we go through these scenes, we all sort of find it and find what our story is going to be like and how we're going to tell it. Um, and I, I'm very proud. I'm very proud of what we've done.
And Mark, I got to tell you, there are so many theaters in Chicago. I mean, we don't have the like New York Central Broadway district, but we have theaters all over the place. And yet, only really a few of these grand theaters, you some all of which are downtown pretty much, except for you guys. The first time I walked into the Paramount, I was just my jaw dropped at, you know, that here I am in Aurora and I'm seeing this incredibly glamorous theater. I'm sort of curious from your perspective, what is it like undergoing the change in your character of Don? Every night you have to start off being a not so likable guy and, and by the end of the night people like you and what kind of comments do you get maybe when you leave the theater and, and, and people see you and, and how do they view you? I think people absolutely love seeing that kind of a transition. I mean, you know, with the with the with the political culture that we've had in the last few years, it, being able to see just so much uh, visceral connection to each other and and that sort of a hatred and uh, and that antagonistic sort of a viewpoint that I'm presenting as Don in the first part of the play, to that it it turns around and turns into somebody who's somebody decent, and there's this lightning of the heart. There's a relief while wow, people really can change, and it feels so good and uh you know taking part in the narrative of acceptance um and when when i see people after the show they're they're absolutely it's thrilled and enamored you know like coming out for the finale uh after the after that um that that core change in perspective has come out and the way the audience responds to that and i know that i've done my job of presenting that well and how just it's it's really honestly it's overwhelming on a night by night basis every single time i hear uh audience reaction and then you know there's during the change as well there's that critical moment where uh you know lola and i are talking and i can there's some lines in there when i hear the audience uh react and respond to uh what that challenge is and how they open their mind and you know from everything from the from the big cheers at the end to those small moments of yeah you know that's uh, knowing that we're doing our job both artistically and uh, expressing the values that are important to us and helping people see that within themselves. Uh, it's, it's, it, it really makes me rest easy at night feeling like I've done something right we- in the world. Which is good. And things just get really right when everybody puts on the boots. I have to tell you, the boots are fabulous. I have a Broadway props collection and i tried to get jerry mitchell to give me a pair of the stage worn uh, kinky boots and then he explained that they're twenty five hundred dollars a pair to make uh so that was the end of that but let me Trent, let me come to you because mark just said something that that is so look i cover enough politics on television i try not to do politics on the podcast but i do have to ask you this question had you directed this show 10 years ago eight years ago six years ago um during obama days and now we did just live through four years of trump did that affect how you directed this show and the message you wanted people to get. Did the Trump administration influence that at all? It absolutely did. It's funny you say that because, you know, after that four years of that administration, I think we needed to double down and go harder into the message of love and respect and uh, what it means to come together all as human beings, as one being, and remind ourselves that we are all one and that we are all deserving of love. So, yeah, it made me double down on the message and make sure that it's literally written in on the screen, that there's no way that you can't leave the theater without these messages ingrained in your heart. 
Yeah, and I just it, it really and Mark, you really gave me pause here to think about how I felt when I saw this ten years ago and its premiere, and then seeing it now. And there really is, and I, my conversations afterwards uh, really had to reflect um, the times we've been through and 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 the message people need to get. Uh, really, really powerful stuff. Um, Kinky Boots is playing through October seventeenth, and you know I was uh, I, I'm going to see if my producer is paying attention. I'm going to I'm going to want to go out again by uh, going out with Raise You Up because it's just it's the way we. Should should leave this interview with that up feeling and i want everybody to have that feeling not only at the end of the interview but after they see the show kinky boots it's, it's only till october 17th so you got to get there quick with tickets at paramountaurora.com look everything i see at paramount is amazing but I, I tell you, I had a lot of expectations of this show, and uh, Michael couldn't be with us, but if you would extend my regards to him, you guys do that original cast and original creative team, you do them proud, uh, and that includes, uh, Trent, your direction. Just an amazing production, and I thank you for your time. I hope everybody gets out to see it, because you deserve every kudo you get. Thank you so much, Thank you, thank you guys. Well, if you want to know more about what we've talked about here, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Paul Lisnick. That's P-A-U-L-L-I-S-N-E-K. And I'd love to hear your comments or topic suggestions for future podcasts. You can also go to my website, paullisnick.tv. And hey, don't forget to hit subscribe on WGN Plus and iTunes. And tune in each week to hear more Insider Scoop coming to you from behind the curtain.